Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sports, the podcast. Um, my name is Steven Reinman. I'm joined, as always, by Bryce Svensson. What's going on, Bryce? Nothing much, man. Just uh, really excited to talk about this week's slate of games. They were so much fun. Yes, this has been a, a great year of football so far. Um, we have, I mean, the first five weeks have been insane. There's been some crazy game at least every single week. Um, this week had quite a few of them. Um, it was the kicker week apparently this week. I don't know if there was a, a strong wind blowing across the entire country and over in Europe too, but the, these kicks were rough. <laughs> it must, it must've been. Yeah. Um, so we'll just dive right on into it because we got plenty of games to talk about. Um, first up we had the London game. We had the jets losing a heartbreaker there to Atlanta right at the end. <laughs> It was so close for our boy Zach Wilson, but he couldn't quite pull it off. The score wow. makes it look closer than it was. Uh, that first half was abysmal. So if you woke up for it, you were very upset, um, at least if you were me. So I would have liked the extra hour or two of sleep. Um, so <laughs> there's yeah. not much to say there. Uh, the Jets made it an interesting game because Atlanta will be Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Jets, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen some of these stats, but their first, their first quarter is like their first quarters are the worst in the league, and it's not even close. It's like historically bad. I believe it because that's where Wilson throws all his dumb picks at to start the game. I think that, <laughs> that that was his quote. Actually, I think I saw him say that that the reason they're having struggles is because of their slow starts, um, and that's something they've got to fix. Yeah, and that's I think that's I think that they actually if you look at the games they've played this season, there is a non zero chance that they would have two win two or three wins right now if they actually knew how to play a whole game. Because they're yeah. really good in the second half. Yeah. Which is pretty it's quite odd. So Atlanta won it. Kyle Pitts looked great. Um and the rest of the the rest of the and the rest of the game was pretty lackluster. Yeah. Well, it's a London game. We don't send them the good ones. <laughs> nope. Um, next one up I've got here on my list was a extremely entertaining game. We had Green Bay and uh, Cincy. Why did I, oh, I put the wrong name on there? Um, <laughs> Green Bay and Cincy. Uh, Green Bay won that 25-22 despite, what was it, what were there, like four or five missed kicks in that game? It was oh, nuts. it was abysmal. <laughs> No one wanted to win the game, and no. it was. <laughs> and it, it, someone wanted to kill Steve Savanti. That must have been. That must have been what it was. Someone yeah. ordered a hit. Yeah, it was a. <laughs> it was a rough start to the day. Um, I like some of the names that have come out for uh, Mason Crosby. Missing Crosby um, was one of them. That was my probably my favorite one. Um, and then the Cincinnati kicker celebrating before realizing that he. He hit the flag at the top of the uprights, and it, it was no good. Um, what a game. Did you think it was going to be that close? You know, I I think Green Bay plays down, or maybe doesn't play down. I don't really know how good Green Bay is still, which is upsetting. Yeah. Um, so I thought I did think that, since, that Cincinnati was going to come and make it a game. Um, should it have been? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think we talked about that, and I think it was like week two after watching a game from Cincy. We, I think we we're both like, "Yeah, I mean they're they're close to being a good team. They're not quite there yet, but they're close at least." And I, I'd like 
you know, to give Green Bay credit there, I'd like to say that Cleveland or that Cincinnati is actually a, a halfway decent team. If they could just figure out how to block for Burrow, they'd be in pretty good shape. Absolutely. And I, I think it's the, it's the NFL. If you're playing a semi-decent team, if you win by three points, that's a, that's a good win. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to that one. Cause that was, I mean, other than the kicking, there wasn't much to say about it. There was, it was another uninspired performance by the Packers and Jamar Chase is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Jamar Chase is uh, <laughs> early, early looking like the early rookie of the year right now. Pretty incredible. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of competition at the moment, but he's uh, <laughs> he's looking good. Um, next game up, the uh, the poor Lions lose another one at the last second um, to a long field goal. Minnesota sneaks one out there with like a 50-something yard field goal as time ran out. Um, are the Lions the unluckiest team in all of sports? I would counter that question by asking... Is this all by design? <laughs> <laughs> I really, they're either incredibly unlucky or they are tanking, but trying to develop some sort of hope for their team. They would really have to hate their fans to do this to them every single week. I mean, I think they're at least, they're at least making every game competitive. They're developing players. They're making a culture around the team and they're still losing and they're still to get a great pick. So I know that that's not fun. And I know it's not what we want, but if I was a Detroit fan, I'd honestly be overjoyed with how this team's been doing. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. I think Dan Campbell's going to be good once he has a few pieces there. Um, but this was one of the – somebody posed this question in the group a couple weeks ago. Would you rather your team lose by 30 or lose at the last second on a field goal? Um, I'd rather my team get blown the hell out. I don't know about you, but losing on the last second like Detroit's done the last couple weeks, that hurts. I mean, that that hurts your your morale if you're a team. That hurts your your morale if you're a fan. It just that's got to be worse than getting blown out every week. Yeah, I I would say that from a fan's perspective, absolutely. I would say from a team building perspective, if we're gonna be, you know go full out seventy um, sixers process fans, right? Yeah. Um, I I would rather have the close games because you're at least creating a culture and something that you can build out of but absolutely from a enjoyment of the game uh <laughs> and, and personal health probably would choose getting blown out yeah what do we think of minnesota going here on now i i still after five weeks I, I i don't know i don't know what to think of them yeah i they're probably just not good I mean, I think that's probably what they are, but they keep on making everything closer than it should be. So yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean their their wins are by the smallest margin, and their their losses are by the smallest margin. So I don't, they're not doing anything really well, but they're also not doing anything really bad. So I have no idea. I guess we'll see. Um, next game up, we've got. This was a boring one for me, other than that my fantasy quarterback finally went off here. Um, the resurrection of Big Ben happened. Uh, Pittsburgh beat uh, Denver 27-19. In a pretty boring game, but it was nice to see Big Ben go out there and sling it again. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's good. It's good for Big Ben. People were talking. Uh, by people, I mean, I think it was Robert Mays was mentioning it earlier in the week or earlier last week that um, Big Ben might be damaging his legacy with how poorly he's playing. Mm. Um, which I didn't agree with, but I think that to some degree, it's really important that he shows that he should still be in the league, right? And it was nice to see him do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that anything that happens in this year is going to do anything to his legacy. There's so many players that have gone in, you know, their last couple of years, if they're not noticeable, if, you know, they, they kind of have a bad year, nobody really remembers those. They remember the good years. Um, Big Ben's had plenty of those, so he's he's got nothing to worry about. Um, on the other end, I think we were pretty excited about Denver a couple of weeks into the season. And now after two pretty, you know, pretty easy losses on their end, are they, were they fool's gold? I mean, what, what do we think about Denver? Uh, I, you know, I think that fool's gold is probably the right word. Um, I think that they, I think that they've been hammered with injuries, which is hard to overcome. Right. Mm. But even but even with that, I think that I just don't the whatever's something's wrong in the water there. Something's not working correctly, and they probably need to if if they can convince me <laughs> they can't do this. But if I was them, I would try to figure out a way to get Vic Fangio to become the defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's not happening. <laughs> I know it's not possible, but they I think there just needs to be a change in leadership because something's wrong. Yeah. Um... I mean, it can happen. Romeo Cornell is uh, the Texans coordinator after he took over as interim coach last year, but I don't think he was getting too many offers besides that. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't like Denver coming out. I was really surprised when they went 3-0 and to start the season, and now this is about what I expected from them to be, you know, average to below average. Yeah, and I, I and their division's not doing them any favors, right? So oh, no. they could be a really solid team and be the worst team in the division, and that's honestly what I expect. I think that they're a 500 team, and may and they'll they'll be a little below 500 because of the division, and so yeah, I get they really. Uh, I mean, they're still not in the last in their division, but again, <laughs> <laughs> that one's that one's going to be coming up last. Yeah. Um, Next up, we had this was I mean this was a blowout right away. Um, Tampa Bay just shellacking Miami. Tom Brady going out there and his first ever four hundred yard five touchdown game in his career um, was hard for me to believe, seeing as he's the goat. But is he right now? Is he? What did I put? <laughs> My spelling was bad on this. I'm sorry. Is he the best quarterback in the league right now? You know, I don't think so. But I think that I think that he is amazing. I think that he remains probably one of the best quarterbacks for a team to have, and the and maybe the best to actually like. He might be the best at game management. I think when we're talking pure quarterback play, I think you still have to look at some of the young of the, of the young players. Um, I think that 
I would probably I mean I'm so enamored with Herbert. I know you are too. Oh yeah. I think I think Herbert's up there. I think I think that the Mahomes slander is getting a little ridiculous. I think Mahomes <laughs> is undisputedly the number one quarterback in the NFL okay. until I until I see him continue with this year the whole season because I he's earned that much from us in my opinion. Okay. And I'm... and so <laughs> See, I think uh, in, in the same vein, I think that Brady has earned that too. I don't know. I, I was watching some of his throws he was making, and he had, they look like some of the best throws he's made since early in his career in New England. He had, it was just pinpoint. Antonio Brown was feasting on man. Miami has, like we've talked about before, they have a good defense, and Brady just went out there. I think it was kind of a revenge game for him since he always struggles with Miami. So I think you went out. I was like, "All right, it's this is not going to happen. We're not we're not going to lose to Miami with this team." Um. Now speaking of Miami, is it time for them to panic and make a move? No, I don't think it's time for them to panic and make a move. I think they should be panicking. Um, I think that this is what their team is going to look like this year. I think they need to do some real soul searching and realize what they what they're missing. I don't think you should panic. Because I think that that will, I still think this team is set up as ideally set up for long term. I don't think short. I don't think short fixes are going to really save this season or save that team long term. Yeah, I mean they get. I think they get Tua back next week, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean even with that, it still may not change anything. I mean they still can't really block. They have their their offensive line is is young and it's learning and it's getting better, but it's still not there yet. But I don't, I mean, how long is a window in football? We've talked about that a couple of times last week on teams windows. I I don't, they're not that young in my opinion. Like they're mm-hmm. the wide receiver core is a little bit older. Their defense is a little bit older too. They've got a couple of young guys there, but for the most part, like they're, their high end guys are all older. So I think they need to capitalize while they've got a good coach, while they've got a good core, and just make a big move, I think. No, I'd agree. I, I guess the wonder there also is, did they ever have a window? It would be my next question. I think we thought they had a chance, and then they kind of fell apart. But I'm not even sure they ever really opened the window. Well, last which... year they were really good. Yeah, yeah. But like, I guess the definition is the window for making the playoffs, the window for being a league changing team. Cause I just, as, as they've been constructed, I've ne- unless Tua really became a good player. I don't think that window was going to be open. That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what Tua. We'll talk about it on Friday to see what he, if he's even going to play, I guess we'll find out later on in the week. Um, next up we had, uh, Jameis unleashed there in new Orleans. It was about time. They let him sling that ball. Um, dude was throwing some deep passes. He was looking good. He made a couple of mistakes, but you know that's what Jameis does. He's Jameis. He's Jameis. Um, <laughs> they still end up getting the win against uh, Washington Football Team at thirty-three twenty-two. So, um, it was it. It was a fun game, I guess. I don't know what to think of Washington at this point because we all had high hopes for their defense at the beginning of the year, and now their defense looks like. It was way overrated. Um, Heineke's a fun story, but 
I don't know if he's the long-term answer there. And I just don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, everyone has just regressed. It's been really odd to watch that team play, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Chase Young got his first sack of the season today. Like, Chase Young, you know what I mean? Like, Chase Young was supposed to be as generational as it gets. What's going on? You know, there's just so many people underperforming on that defense. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't even know. I don't even know where to pinpoint the issue, right? Yeah, and they, I think that's the hardest thing that, and it must, and it has to be really disconcerting for the, uh, for the Washington football team to even consider that, because, I mean, they put a lot of resources in that defensive line, and they are not game wreckers anymore. And I don't, and they need to figure out what happened there. And if I if I knew what was going on, I think that I would be making a million dollars a year right now. <laughs> that's fair. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah they kind of built it on that that defensive line and like you're saying it, it has been way underperforming, um, and then the offense just isn't good enough to make up for it. As much fun as McLaurin, th- that dude is amazing, but they're just not good enough as a unit to overcome the defensive struggles, which was supposed to be their their calling card this year. But. Um, do you have any other thoughts about that game? You know, I, I always hate seeing Taysom get hurt. Uh, oh, just because yeah. that, that brings back terrible, terrible, terrible whiplash from my life. Uh, that man uh, got my hopes up so many times when, when he was at BYU. And <laughs> so I wish him a speedy recovery. And I, and I, <laughs> I just need him to not get hurt anymore. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, if they're going to make him a quarterback, make him a quarterback. Don't just slam him into the line or do these crazy – dude's going to get his block knocked off all the time. And, I mean, he's not a spring chicken by any means. He's he's kind of an older guy. But, yeah, I mean, just for a couple of little gadget plays, a couple games uh, – or a couple plays of the game, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, and that's that, that that's really the question, right? I I don't think that the, I think that this we're seeing that New Orleans doesn't think they're bringing him back next year, and why would they? Based off what's going on, yeah. Um, and so they're just going to use him, probably to the not like what's best for his career. But um, I mean, the other thing with him though is he's he's one of the best athletes on the field still every time, every time he's there. And I think that's something that we forget about him is that they, you have to use him that way because you want to use an athlete of his pedigree. And he just, unfortunately, uh, maybe unfortunately for him, put all those skill sets into things that are just going to get him hurt. Yeah. Um, I think those kind of players are more fun. They're more useful in college when things are, you can be more creative in the NFL. It kind of, I mean, the athletes, everybody's an insane athlete in the NFL. So he's not going to be able to do the same things he did in college. He's had a couple of fun, you know, like what the Niners have done with Lance and um, a couple of other teams have done in the past. But I think they just need to keep Jameis in there and let Jameis do Jameis things. They're not going to win anything significant this year. They're lucky if they make the playoffs. So, yeah, just let Jameis do Jameis things and – I don't know, keep, keep doing what they're doing. They're, I mean, I don't, they're not bad enough to tank. They're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. They're kind of right there in the middle. They're just a fun team to watch. 
yep, they got to be hoping for that wild card. And <laughs> I think that's what it is. And honestly, they have so many flaws in their roster that I think that they will welcome having some draft picks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving right along to the next one. This is a weird one. It looked like <laughs> Carolina had it in the bag early, and then Philly came storming back. Do we still believe? Oh, so in Philly won 21 18. Do we still believe in Sam Darnold? Um, I I don't know if I ever really believed in him. I just thought it was fun that he was <laughs> rushing for a lot of touchdowns. Oh, um, oh. I think <laughs> we love <laughs> things. <laughs> I think Sam Darnold is going to be, uh, I think he's a quarterback at best. He's going to be in the 18 range of like 18th best quarterback in the NFL he deserves a starting spot he's that good but the team around him needs to be on point and without uh, McCaffrey I just don't think that Carolina has the tools to help him yeah it was really apparent when you lose to Philly like that I mean their defense is not great and you only put up 18 points against them I know McCaffrey's out but you've had like what three weeks now to practice without him and Chuba Hubbard is a lot of fun he had another 100 yards today dude is good there's and he's got plenty of weapons to throw to the defenses well we thought was great (laughs) they're kind of coming back to earth but yeah I I don't know if I believe in Carolina anymore I think it was fun to start the season it's kind of like Denver when we were talking about earlier how they were really fun to start the season nobody expected that and now they're kind of they're coming back to where they should be. Absolutely, I think that's exactly it. And the and the other thing you have to keep in mind is that they've been band aid solutioning their team. That offensive line is terrible, mm-hmm. and they had injuries today, and they cannot sustain injuries. They ended up moving the right tackle to left tackle, and then putting in. Uh, their third-round draft pick uh, out of BYU in a right tackle, and it was a disaster because no one knew their position anymore. They just aren't aren't a – they're not a good enough team in the trenches. And Sam has – he has demons. He still sees ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And so I think that's what's happening. He just needs a good line, and they can't sustain any of these injuries they've been having. Yeah. And, I mean, Philly does still have a good defensive line, so if we really looked at it pretty closely, we probably could have predicted that Philly was going to blow them up in the trenches there, like you're saying. Um, I still I don't think Philly's good, despite them beating Carolina today. And I know Jalen Hurts is still fun. He got a couple of rushing touchdowns in there. Um, looked pretty sloppy throwing the ball. But, yeah, I mean, that was just a battle of two teams who aren't really going anywhere. Yeah, I think that we'll we'll look back at the season. They're both going to be around that nine and nine and eight. And yeah, that's just that's who they are. It still throws me off whenever you say whenever you hear nine <laughs> wins. I'm like, ah, nine wins. That's a above five hundred. That's a good season. And now it's like, ah, it's one game above five hundred. Relax. <laughs> exactly. It just still, doesn't have the same feel to it, right? Yeah, you still lost eight games. <laughs> um, next one up. This one was. It was a battle of boring for me. I could not even begin to care about it, even though they're in my division. Uh, Tennessee took care of business against Jacksonville. Um, Derrick Henry was great once again. I mean, not breaking any news there. 
Um, the big thing for me in that um, was that Trevor Lawrence looked a, quite a bit better today. I know he was playing Tennessee's defense, and every quarterback has looked great against Tennessee's defense this year. But I think it was it was good after what happened on uh, happened last week with Urban Meyer for Lawrence to go out there. I mean, the team did okay. the The final score wasn't telling of the actual game. Tennessee kind no, of for the head late. But I, I think it's I good think, of them to pull together like that. Yeah, exactly. I think that it was. Uh, I think they needed to have a, t- a game where they showed up against the team that was better than them. Um, I will say. I will say that I don't think. Tr- personally, I didn't see that much. Like he, Trevor Lawrence looked okay, but against. Uh, but against that, he looks pretty much this. He looks pretty much the same as Zach Wilson with a little bit less pizzazz. But that's also he's more consistent than Zach Wilson, right? And yeah. so I think that this just reminds me that these players are um, these rookies that, some, that I feel like people are talking a little bit too much about what their careers are going to look like. They're still figuring it out. They're all, even against a bad defense, they're not going to, it's hard to be a world beater. Yeah. I think I, what I meant by him looking better is that he didn't throw <laughs> a couple of picks in this one, um, <laughs> which was bound that it wasn't going to happen against Tennessee's defense, but I, I think baby steps is what we're hoping for with these guys. And I think Lawrence is taking those baby steps right now. Agreed. He's got six games against, well, he's got four games against bad defenses, at least this year against Houston and uh, Tennessee. So he's at least got those games where he can look better. And that's the thing, right? I'm excited to, I'm excited to watch him uh, develop. And that's, what's fun about rookie quarterbacks. And that's why we always, get fascinated with their teams, even though they oftentimes don't deserve the coverage we put around them. And so I'm really, I, I do think that you're right, that he made some good steps and uh, hopefully, and hopefully this is a good learning experience for him and that they can start to pull out some games. Yeah. Did you see at the end of the game, um, I, I may have been at the beginning of the game where Derek Henry met with that kid who broke his high school rushing record. I did not see that. So was, I was, I actually ended up at church during the end of this one. I only watched the beginning. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you didn't miss a good game. You just, <laughs> it was cool because the, the kid was born with one hand and he still broke Derrick Henry's high school r- rushing record. And they met up is pregame or postgame. I forget which one, but yeah, they met up and he talked to him. So I thought that was pretty cool to see that. That's awesome, and I mean, Derek, I, breaking it. If you break, if breaking do anything that Derrick Henry does with a, without having a hand or anything like that is incredible in the first place. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, just breaking it in general. That man is a monster. So hats right. off to him. I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad he recognized him. Yeah, um, I'm skipping this next one. We're going to come back to it later because I'm not ready yeah. to talk about it yet. Um, we're going <laughs> to we're going to move on to uh, Chicago and Las Vegas. Um, Chicago looked a little, quite a bit better this week or the past two weeks, I guess, because they actually, from what I understand, they took the play calling res- responsibilities away from Matt Nagy and it seems to be paying dividends at least a little bit. Um, Las Vegas has looked rough the past two weeks. It's so weird to say Las Vegas still, but, um, <laughs> yes. the Raiders have looked worse the past two weeks than they did to start off the season. They're another one who started off hot and they're kind of petering out now. Um, do you think the Bears can sustain this? Is Fields going to be just managing to keep it up? I mean, they did this without David Montgomery, too, who was out and had 
a big week last week. Um, do you think they have a chance to keep it up? No. I mean, I just I think that they just hit a team that was more dysfunctional than them this week. Um, <laughs> I think that um, they at least were able to get a little bit away from Nagy ruining everything. And uh, I think the I think the Raiders look like that look like their coach just had an insane scandal <laughs> yeah. last, from last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't looked too much into that, so I don't even know. I I don't even want to talk about that because I don't know what happened, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much that have, that has affected the Raiders because I know, I mean, they looked bad last week against the Chargers, but the Chargers, I think, are really good. Yes. Um, but I do still think that the Raiders are in trouble at this point. I, I think they were fun to start, and now they're gonna tail off. Yeah, the free fall doesn't look fun for them, and I just, I think the Bears are better as a team. I don't really know why or what's going on i feel like the i feel like they're playing better defensively and that and he's and fields is doing a good enough job protecting the ball i'm not inspired by really much i've seen that makes sense with the bears um but it's an improvement over (laughs) what we've been seeing so yeah just like we said with lawrence you know baby steps every little step is helpful um i still believe in fields i think he can be good i I think the Bears should lose, though. I mean, if I were them, I'd want to lose just so I can get Nagy out of town. Um, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a bad coach. And I think it shows in the past two weeks when they took the, like I said, they took the play-calling responsibilities away from him and their offense looks like it knows what it's doing again, at least a little bit more. Um, Absolutely. And I think, and I don't, I want to say that I think Fields is going to be a good player. I really, I really believe in him. I like him a lot. And I just, I, again, it's just, it speaks to how much I don't like the infrastructure around that team, the coaching staff, the GMs, the, uh, the ownership that I, I'm always concerned to say anything good about the bears. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I don't even, I'm sure we'll talk about it on Friday. I don't know who they're playing coming up, but I'm, I guess we'll find out then if they can put a, put together three good weeks in a row, I might have to change my mind on them. Um, same thing with the Raiders. If they, they go out there and lay another egg next week, it uh Gruden's gonna Gruden's gonna be in trouble I think yeah you can't you can't be poor, playing poor, poorly and having having the news that's come out come out about you yeah um so moving on to the next one we have uh this was this was the best game of the weekend it was crazy um hopefully you got to watch this one I watched uh, every second of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the Chargers pulled off in not Chargers fashion at all. They ended up winning a game late whenever they should have lost it. Um, normally, it's they should have won it and they lost it. This week, they won because Cleveland pulled <laughs> Eckler into the end zone <laughs> to give the Chargers the lead with like a minute left. And I was kind of thinking that whenever I was watching the game that we haven't talked about yet, the Patri- Patriots and Texans, but Right there at the end, I I always wonder why teams don't do that more often, and I think we see why now. Um, to just let the other team score real quick so you have a chance. I mean, that's obviously the reason why, because you know, there's no guarantee. Whenever you've got a minute left or so, you got to just try and make a stop. I, see, I think they did the right thing pulling him in. I think that the, that was what they had to do if they wanted to win that game. I think that Cleveland messed up to the degree that 
that was their only chance in this game. And Eckler was playing heads up. He was trying to get down. He was playing really intelligently. We talk about those running backs that make those silly mistakes and end up losing the game because they ran in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen enough of those. And Eckler, I, he was playing so heads up, it was incredible. It was really shocking to see a, someone trying so hard not to go in the end zone. <laughs> right. um, I've, I, and I think that was crazy. But the whole game, I mean, this speaks to just how much I love uh, I just lost his name. Um, the coach. What is uh Staley or Stefanski? Staley. Yes, yeah, Staley. How much I love Staley because Staley understood what it was going to take to win this game. I think he looked at Cleveland's roster and I was like, Cleveland has a better roster than we have. And I'm going to have to play extremely aggressive to make this game work. And it was, I, it was just a masterclass in like what you like playing to win, which we've, frankly just don't see enough in the nfl we see a lot of coaches playing not to, not to lose and i think on the other end stefanski had a played a, i mean coached a great game too i yeah. honestly i just was amazed by both these teams and i mean herbert was just amazing yeah out of this world who would have thought that we'd be talking about a chargers and browns game and praising how well the coaches and the teams did um, but yeah, Herbert was amazing again. He's like, I called it at the beginning of the year on my, on the preview show in the preseason, I said, Herbert's going to be your dark horse. If he can go out there and they can win 10, 11, 12 games, he's going to be right there in the conversation because the dude is, I mean, I don't want to sound hyperbolic. And I know you said earlier, don't besmirch uh, Mahomes' name, but I don't know if I would not put Herbert right there, like 1A, 1B with Mahomes. I, I think we have to keep in mind this is, like, Herbert is having, this is, her, like, Herbert, Mahomes' first year where he just took the league by storm, mm-hmm. that was where Justin Herbert is in his NFL career. It's his second season, and he's playing as well as Mahomes did in yeah. that incredible magical season. So I think you're totally right. I think that Herbert is beyond impressive. And like we and that like I again I think Mahomes is out of this world a whole nother talent but Justin Herbert is <laughs> everything points to him being just as good, which is crazy to say. Absolutely, and if they the Chargers continue to build up a, a better and better team like they've been doing over the years, I think he has a, they have a real shot of contending every. I mean, this year I don't see why they couldn't contend. They they may go to the Super Bowl. Who knows? They've looked really good on both sides of the ball. I mean, their their run defense has been rough, but other than that, uh, they've done everything else really well. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're totally right. I think they're a Super Bowl contender, and I think that we also saw in this game that Cleveland could be too. The difference is though that they cannot get in the position that Baker has to win them a game at the end. Yeah, I he mean, just can't. Yeah. I think that's the difference between these two teams is that the Chargers have her. I think they're very evenly matched, you know, as the score shows. But I think that's the big difference is that Cleveland doesn't have a Justin Herbert. They have a Baker Mayfield, and that's a huge issue. Um, yep, and I, 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 it just this brings back the conversation we keep on having about Baker is that it's going to be hard to give him that money because that roster is so good. He just. He's, he feels a little bit like, I don't want to say an anchor, because I think he holds up enough to allow this team to be as good as they are. But he definitely, he only can take them so far. Yeah. I mean, I 
I was thinking about this while I was watching the games yesterday. Look at the amount of talent and the amount of money that Tampa Bay and Kansas City both have going out to players. I think Cleveland could do it too. I mean, if they really needed to, I'm sure they could pay Baker. They would have to do something. I think about that uh, Beckham contract because that one just is killing them. Other than that, I mean, they're not paying anybody some crazy amount of money. They could still pay him. Yeah, they could. I just think that that's going to hurt their flexibility um, long term. And that I think that might be um, concerning. And so, but my takeaway is I could see either of these teams I could see in the Super Bowl, but I trust the Chargers a lot more than I trust the Browns. And this game confirmed it. I know, it's so weird to say, but yeah, <laughs> I love the Chargers. That's it's them in Arizona. Those are those are my two teams this year. Um, speaking of Arizona, we got them up next. Um, they had a little bit slower of a offensive week this week, but that was bound to happen against San Francisco's defense. They did still get the win, seventeen to ten. Um, Kyra looked good as usual. Um, run game actually picked up a little bit. Um, the running backs did something. Um, the thing that I took away from this is that Trey Lance is clearly, he's not ready. And I, I was a big champion. I was like, well, throw this guy out there, see what he can do, uh, with the full offense, get him a full week of reps with the first team. Um, I know he did play Arizona's defense, which I've been praising a lot so far this year, but still he looked, he just didn't look prepared at all. He doesn't look ready for the NFL. And I, he was all—he always was a traits guy, right? I think that's something that we—he is—he clo- is closer to the Josh Allen mold of having all of the tools, of having everything you could want of a quarterback out of a quarterback, than you can see with almost than you can see with anyone from this rookie draft class. And so I think it makes total sense that he was just purely not ready to be on the field, um, and he has a lot of work to do, which doesn't speak well for San Francisco's future. I mean. That they 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 seem like to be a team that has a window ready for now, um, and it might be falling apart. And maybe this is just they they knew that they were ready for a soft rebuild in all possibility, and they're just waiting for him to catch up. I guess. Yeah, I mean they're they're a little bit younger, and so I think they're kind of like you're saying they're they're it's a soft rebuild, so they're building up while they're still winning a little bit. But the defense is still good. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. He I he may be a year or two away. Maybe with the full off season, he's going to look a lot better, knowing he's the guy. Because I don't think Jimmy G is going to be there for another year. I think I think Jimmy is gone next year. Um, and Trey's just going to take over in the off season, depending on how long uh, Jimmy is out. We may see a lot more Trey, and he may start to look better, just like. Lawrence has started to look a little bit better. Uh, Fields has looked a little bit better over the couple weeks. He's had four reps. Um, trying to think who else. Oh, Mr. Davis Mills has looked a lot better <laughs> a couple of weeks <laughs> under his belt. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all I had away from that game. I think Arizona is going to continue to roll. I don't see anybody slowing them down at this point. They've made it through, I think, the hardest part of their schedule with the Rams and uh, San Francisco back-to-back. That's two great defenses that they've manage to put up points against yeah and i think that i think that you you mentioned that the san francisco has a good defense it is evident in the fact they held arizona to 17 
Mm-hmm. That was um, I. That was a slugfest, and Arizona looks like a team that can win a lot of different types of games. And I think that uh, that speaks. I think that they are obviously a Super Bowl contender, and that's pretty cool to see for the oh, team that, we weren't sure about. That was my next question. I was going to say, as much as I love them, I don't know. Ooh. Like if they run up against the Bucks, I don't know how much of a chance they have. I want to see them play somebody like. Green Bay, I'd say, see what Green Bay can do when they're playing against a good team. Um, see what the Cardinals can do when they play against a solid team all around. I think Green Bay's defense is good enough where they could challenge Arizona on that side. Um, and then we would really see what Arizona's defense is about. And then if they do meet up with the Bucks, it's going to be, I think that's going to be a fun game if they do end up playing. I don't even know if they play this year, but um, did you have any other thoughts about that game? I was just gonna say I feel like they've proven themselves enough with that Rams game. I think, I think the Rams are a team that I, I know that you're not as high on them, but I see them as on on the level with the Buccaneers, and so I think that there's in the NFC there's three real contenders. Yeah, it. So you're putting San Francisco, Tampa Bay, and the Rams or the Packers. Uh, Arizona, Tampa Bay, and the and the Rams. Okay. Um, the Packers. Who knows? Um, I'm still. I think those. They're like a. Uh, I think they're right off that group for me right now, just because I don't. Um, I'm not sure. That's fair. Yeah, we got to see something from them. You know, a consistent two weeks in a row where they look decent and they're not playing down to the Bengals level. <laughs> yep. Um, before we get to the last one, I guess I'll talk about uh, the heartbreak that was the New England and Houston game. Did you? Oh, I, so I guess you missed this one too. Yep. This was a, quite a roller coaster for me. The we jumped out ahead like the first half I, I was like okay, this is not going to last. We were up, but it was still close. Then we ended up it was at 22 to 9 at one point. Um both kickers couldn't kick in this game either. It was it was terrible. We scored right away and then uh, Kaimi Fairbairn in his first game back shanked the extra point and then immediately proceeded to kick the kickoff in out of bounds. And I was like, okay, well this, I guess this is how this game is going to go. But Davis Mills went out there and cooked the Patriots. I know their defense isn't great, but man, 300 yards. I think he had three ended up with three touchdowns. He looked really good. He looked calm. He got blasted a couple times by Judon, but even then he just got right back up. Um, looked awesome. Uh, we ended up losing it. We just fell apart after the dumbest play I have ever seen in my football watching career. I don't know if you saw this in the highlights or not, but we so he lined up for a punt and then ran up like he was going to fake the punt and then tried to run back real quick to punt it again didn't run far enough back and thumped his up back right in the back of the head with the punt and it ended up going backwards and after that it was all down here it went from 22 to 9 to 25 22 after that we didn't score again after that stupid punt um i appreciate that cully is making bolder choices than bill o'brien ever did in his entire tenure there but that was <laughs> that play it just didn't make any sense at all i didn't understand what was happening did you feel like in that moment that no that there was a reason no one wanted that he was the only guy that would take the job 
No, I, I still, I still like Colors. <laughs> so I, I've listened to a little bit of the local radio about it, and they've, they've brought me around on it because they're right. We're not, we're not a team who's going to win right now, so there's no point in going out there and getting some great coach. Get a guy who's good for the locker room because right now you're going to need a guy who's going to keep your morale up because we are going to lose a lot of games. So you need a positive influence in the locker room. That's why we've got a got rid of a lot of the guys like Bradley Roby, who is uh, secretly known as a, a locker room cancer. We've got rid of a couple other guys that were just bad for the morale of the team. And David Coley is he's a great, like I said before, he's the Ted Lasso of the NFL. <laughs> he's awesome. I'm glad. I just wanted to tease you. So no, there's no, no other there's no other purpose there. That was, that was perfectly fair. You're the nicest one about it so far that I've done podcasts <laughs> with. Um but yeah, I Mac Jones, I don't I mean, even he looked you're not gonna get this from any of the mass holes, but he looked rough in that game. He was making some he had wide open passes the whole game and they still managed to barely squeak this one out against our defense. Yeah, he. I just don't know if I believe in Mac yet, even with yeah. the good situation he's in. I I think that I just I'm not ready to say much about any of the quarterbacks. The more I'm seeing is the more I'm realizing that these guys just need more time. They need they need more reps, and <laughs> we've been spoiled with a few players just coming out of nowhere. And so honestly, like, doesn't surprise me that he was struggling, but you really don't want to be struggling against Houston, right? Like if, no. you're, if you're a team, if you have the team that they, that New England alleges to have around that they, the, the, the team that New England thinks they have, you can't be playing around with Houston, right? Right. Well, that's the thing is everybody said he was in the best situation for all the rookies. I don't know if he is their offensive line. I mean, granted half of them are hurt right now. But even even with that, I don't know how good that team is around them. I think the Patriots are still coasting off their reputation and Bill Belichick. The team didn't look that good. I watched all 60 minutes of it, and they they didn't look much better than we did, and we're awful. So I, I don't know if it's, it's cause for concern in New England, if it's just two bad years in a row. I don't know how Belichick's going to take that. Yeah, I, I think that I think that my takeaway would be that he shouldn't be the GM anymore. Um, and that's I know that's sacrilege, but even if even if they just got someone to focus on the draft and he and allowed him to do his player personnel part, where he focuses specifically on finding those needles in the haystacks, which he's really good at. But like, I, I mean, these free agents, the free agents they got this year, the everything's just not looking great. Yeah, I mean, he keeps getting these guys off the scrap heap. Like, Jamie Collins is back on the team after he got cut by whoever he was on before he got cut. And they just keep getting guys back like that. Kyle Van Noy, he went to Miami. Now he's back in New England. Um, I think eventually those moves are going to stop paying off for him. And you also don't have Tom Brady on the offensive side of the ball carrying you when those things go badly anymore. So he doesn't have that. Um, but yeah, I, and now they're only two and three. They're a game ahead of the Jets. I think they're a game ahead of Miami, and they're clearly, clearly behind Buffalo. 
<laughs> and I think that segues right into the the game of the night, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that well, Buffalo team. <laughs> it was it was allegedly the game of the night. I think Cleveland and uh, L.A. stole that one. But yeah, it, it was fun at the beginning watching Allen and Mahomes go back and forth. Um, Josh Allen is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I I. It, I was watching some of the throws he made. He made a throw to, uh, God, who was it? Was it Emmanuel Sanders over his shoulder? Just led him perfectly. Just just a laser for about 40 yards. And it looked like it was, you know, it had the accuracy of a five-yard pass. You remember whenever he came out and everybody said he wasn't accurate at all? <laughs> now he's now he's throwing balls like that. It's, it's nuts. He wasn't, though. I think that's the really crazy thing to think about, like, yeah, I he I, he he played BYU at least once, and I remember watching it. It was I think it, I remember watching watching him, and I just could not believe that 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 he was this talent that everyone said he was because it just he just didn't look good. The ball just never went where he wanted it to. He was obviously he wasn't on a good team at Wyoming, but it was <laughs> it was concerning and. W- I think that what he's done to improve himself has changed the way we have to look at players and tools. And maybe he's just an exception. And I, I mean, I would lean to saying he's an exception, but I think that, I mean, it's just amazing to think that he's become the player he's become. Yeah, you're right. He did are those first, I think it was his first couple of years. He had just atrocious um, completion percentage numbers. Because you're right, he was. It was wild, just like they said coming out of college. Or like this guy's going to sling the ball, and half of them are going to go where he wants them to go. Uh, but yeah, I think it challenges everything we've been told about quarterbacks that they can't fix that kind of stuff. That it's just it, it's just something that they have, you know, that they're that they've developed over their years growing up. You know, that's that's kind of their accuracy is their accuracy, and you can't fix that. But he's completely turned that around, and the dude is—I mean, not to mention—he's got dude's got some wheels on him, and he's a physical specimen. He just bounces off of people. It's crazy. Um, I know earlier we talked about Mahomes and uh, and Herbert, but now I think we got to talk about Josh Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. It could be one A, B, and C right there with these three. They're all incredible. Um, but... Completely agree. My only Allen quibble is that he still has that penchant for the just completely boneheaded, boneheaded play that makes zero sense. Yeah. Um, and we haven't. I don't think I. I don't remember the first game of the season very well, but we haven't seen that from him this season. And I'm hoping he's kind of come, he's overcome that because you're totally right. He belongs exactly in that tier. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So if we were gonna rank, we'll play a little game here right at the end. We're going to rank those three quarterbacks, and we can't do 1A, 1B, and 1C. Who are you taking in order of those three? Uh, well, I Mahomes, I stick with Mahomes because, honestly, it's really nice to go for the new shiny thing. Um, as is, as constructed, as they are playing, I would put Allen slightly above um above herbert even though i like herbert so much more as a player <laughs> so that's kind of my three gotcha so you got mahomes allen and herbert mm-hmm. see i'm going just from what i've seen this year um that's that's what i'm taking so far is i've got josh allen 
as number one right now. I think he's doing Mahomes is just what you said about Allen with your your quibble with him was that he makes those boneheaded plays. Mahomes has done that a lot this year. And it's not it's not typical Mahomes fashion. And I know everybody's saying calm down, it's only week five, but it seems like he's done it every single week. I mean, uh, other than against the Eagles, he's had a boneheaded play or two in every single game and it's cost them. That's why they're last in their division right now. And their defense is not good enough to keep them or for him to be making those kind of dumb mistakes. So right now I'd put him, I put Mahomes at two and I'd put Herbert at three, but it's real, real close between Herbert and Mahomes for me. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I think that's razor thin for a lot of, for how they've played the season. I will say with Mahomes, my one concern with him is I really wonder if he does need that third weapon on the offense. Mm-hmm. And that they're real they're really missing that stable I, I think I mean he never really felt it, but um oh man, I just I'm forgetting name, name, name. Running um, back, Damian Williams? No, wide receiver that left. He's on the oh, uh, Sammy Watkins now. Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Was he a, was he more special than we think he was for that team? Even though he wasn't like, <laughs> statistically, I just something hasn't looked right about Mahomes and I'm tr- this this season. And I just wonder if they just need one more wide receiver, one more player, and if Watkins just brought enough that it nah, that. Be- See, I don't think it's the weapons at all. I think he's got, I mean, he's got Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That right there is, if any quarterback had those two weapons, they'd look amazing. Well, for the most part. But (laughs) I think really it's the offensive line. He's not getting any time in the pocket. And I think they're getting way too cute. And that's what I wanted to mention in that Texans game too with that stupid punt is that I think you can only get so cute with your plays before it starts to backfire. And I know it looks cool to do like the like the shovel pass to Kelsey or the no look reverse crazy backyard football stuff, but eventually that stuff's gonna backfire on you and you're gonna make a dumb mistake. And I think that's those dumb mistakes are coming to a head this year with them. So I think they need to if I if they were to ask me, I would say chill on the crazy trick play stuff. You've got enough talent that you can win just with your talent. So go out there and do that. Stop getting cute. Um, and then on the other end, I mean, other than the offensive line, which I think is an issue for them still, I think the defense is just bad and he's having to play from behind or trying to keep up the whole time. And it's it's not what they're used to doing. They're used to going out there and blowing people away and then just coasting there at the end. And he can't do that as much right now. But. Yeah, I think you're right that he's overextending himself because he's because the team is so noticeably worse than what he's been used to. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think that's probably what we're seeing, and it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can adjust to that because I feel like that is his next step as becoming an all time great, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's had these he's had these really solid teams that have that have been able just to like absolute world beaters and maybe. He needs to figure out how to do what do what Manning did, right? Where he <laughs> just carried teams and just did amazing things. And I hope I think that he is that player, and I think he has to figure it out. But I also think it's unfair of us to you know to expect expect it of him based off 
uh, or expect him to be completely flawless be, uh, the first time he's experienced it. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Well, I don't expect him to be flawless. It's just, you know, he's throwing up a lot of passes that have no business being thrown. You know, sometimes you just got to throw the ball away. It's the Carson Wentz syndrome. You're not going to make a play on every single play. Sometimes you got to toss it away. So I think he needs to learn to do a little bit of that and stop trying to get too fancy and too cute with your plays. I think they'll be in a lot better shape. And then do something about that defense. I don't know if they have any wiggle room to make a move or to bring somebody in, but they've got to do something about that defense. It, it's, I mean, it's Swiss cheese. Oh, yeah. It hurts to say because uh, the patron saint of BYU walk-ons is uh, Dirty Dan Sorensen on that team, and he <laughs> is one of their biggest problems. Yeah. And so I, uh, just watching him play every time, it hurts because I loved him when he played for us. He's had really good moments for the Chiefs, but he just doesn't belong in the field anymore. And that shouldn't be a player that you have <laughs> that you have on a starting defense in the NFL. And he has way too much to do in that team, on that team. And so, and that that's just my way. That's like very much what I see with them is they have players and schemes that just aren't working and don't belong on the field. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, hold that thought about BYU. We have, I have one more question about this game and then I want to talk about that real quick. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about with that game is are the bills now the favorite in the AFC, like clear, clear cut favorites. I think we say yes. I think that defense has been really good. They looked really good last night and Allen, as we said, could not be worse than the, you know, one C quarterback <laughs> in, yeah. in the NFL. Um, like that is like, I think that's indisputable at this point. And maybe, maybe we put Tom Brady up there with that group, but I, uh, at the end of the day, he's what's not to like about Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to shut out the Texans. It's, it's not hard to do. And it's another thing to hold Kansas city to 20 points. That's, that's very impressive. So yeah, they've got the defense, they've got their offense is just, I mean, they have as many names as the chiefs, I think on offense and they're, more consistent about it. You know, they got Stefan Diggs is probably the best, you know, he's top five, at least wide receiver in the league. And they got Emmanuel Sanders, who's revived his career there. Cole Beasley, still Cole Beasley in there in the slot. And then Dawson Knox has taken off. I think he's got like five touchdowns already so far. I think he's got a touchdown every single week. Um, Yeah, they're clicking and I don't see anybody slowing them down anytime soon. Um, but the one last thing I wanted to talk about before we go, we got a couple minutes here. We normally don't talk about college football on this podcast, but I have to do it this week. And I know it's going to hurt you because you had a rough week <laughs> there. Um, Boise State upset BYU, unfortunately. Um, but I had an incredible week with college football, and I think everybody it was nice to finally be cheering for a team that everybody else was cheering for. It's like everybody was backing us. <laughs> They're like, come on, do it for us. Everybody do it. Um, A&M took down Alabama, and it was probably one of the greatest nights of my life. Um, That's the second time I've seen them do it since we joined the SEC, and I could not be any happier. I know we're not going to do anything. Uh, we're not going to make the, the playoff or anything, but, God, it feels good to beat Alabama. Man. <laughs> 
it feels good to watch anyone beat Alabama, and that just speaks to Nick Saban having made a deal with the devil or something. But uh, the fact of the matter is that you guys looked amazing. I mean, Calzada, did I get his name right? I, yeah, yeah, Calzada. Calzada, who has – I've just – he has been – people have complained about him more than anyone else I could ever think of. <laughs> yeah. And And he – has still and he and he had the game of his life um i think he cemented himself as someone that hopefully you guys can trust moving forward it was a big turning moment i think this is awesome for the program and i i'm just happy for you guys hopefully you can figure (laughs) it out that you and uh (laughs) but i will also say how much you're paying your coach he should be delivering that at least every other year every year Jimbo got the bag for sure. Um, but yeah, Calzado was awesome. I don't did you watch the, the game? Were you following it? Yeah, I was following it. I was a little crestfallen, so I'm not gonna lie, I didn't pull it up until towards the end. I didn't want to see anyone do win. Yeah. Uh I was I just was in the I want to see the world burn, and then I realized that Alabama losing is important, and so I watched it the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that that's fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, Cal's auto was awesome. It was right there in the end. I was so fired up. I was posting like crazy in the group, but he made that throw as he was getting his legs crunched under him by those dirty Alabama players. They had so many plays on that throughout the game, but on that last drive, they had like two late hits. They had one where the tailback had, was being held up by two defenders, but it was clear the play was over. And then another Alabama defender came in there and hit him helmet to helmet. And they dropped the targeting flag and then picked it back up, which was ridiculous. And then after that, like I said, they crunched up Calzada's leg as he was throwing the the uh, game, what would have been the game-winning pass, um, just dropped a dime over that the Alabama defender. It was it was an amazing pass, but yeah, it was <laughs> probably it was probably one of the best games I've ever watched as a A and M fan. Even the it was better than the man. So- <laughs> Oh, for sure, for sure, and I think that I think that it's just awesome, and I'm pumped for you guys. I will, because you brought the topic up. I will lament BYU quickly. Sure. Um. So we weren't as good as our the record that we had, the or the ranking we had. I never felt like we were the number ten team in the country. Sure. Um. I didn't want to say that, but I never felt like we were. Uh. We had the literal game from hell. Um, four turnovers, um, one of one in the red zone, a turnover and downs in the red zone, a inexplicable um, fourth down go for with two minutes left in the game at our or two minutes left in the half at our own forty, pretty much giving them a field goal, and we still almost won the game. And so I am incredibly upset with how our coach treated that game. But at the end of the day. We're gonna we were gonna lose some. It's okay, and I'm excited to. I'm gonna be actually going to the game, uh, the BYU Baylor game next week oh, in, nice. in Waco. So I'm very excited. Nice, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I was I was hurt for you, and because I don't ever like seeing Boise State win, it made me mad ever since they had the blue field. I was like, come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Never like Boise State, but. Um, so yeah, that that double hurt me to see that. Plus, it's always fun to see BYU. I feel like, and I'm not just saying this because you're on here, but I always like watching BYU win because it's always fun to be like, yeah, look at 
these guys shouldn't be winning, but here they are. They're always right there in it. Um, so yeah, it was awesome to see. Um, or no, it was, it was, it was, it was hurtful to see y'all lose that game. I'm still thinking about the A&M game. I got my words. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Um, and uh, I know we're going to go out there and lay a goose egg next week, but it was fun to see that game while it lasted. And I just had to, had to spew about it real quick. No, that's your national championship, man. It's as good as one. That's we exactly- all remember it. We love it. That's what I said at the beginning of the year. I was like, it doesn't matter about all the other games. I don't care. As long as we beat Bama. And then TU is coming to the SEC soon, so we get to beat up on them again, and that'll be fun. Looking oh, forward yeah. to that. Um, but it was a good it was a good episode. I appreciate it, Bryce. It's always good talking to you. Um, we'll uh, hopefully see you on Friday. We'll do a big preview. I'll talk to Mike about that. But, um, yeah, stay tuned for that one. We'll catch with you guys on uh, Friday. Yeah. All right, sounds good, man.